<laughs> I so there, it's really cool on Roku. They you can do that um, channel that's on in in Florida classical art showcase. Do you remember that? It's like in Orlando yeah. area. Yeah, yes. yeah, I do remember that. Damn it, I love their channel. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, but wasn't that on like the? Um, it's like those extra channels that we had on the cable. Yes. So, like it was yeah. like, kind of, but kind of by like Fuse and and stuff like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm so stoked that I can get it now. But they'd had this um, 1922 rendition of Dance Macabre, like a silent film version that they did, with a guy that was dressed up like Death. Oh, so good. That's I have to show great. it to you. But yeah, it was just kind of like a another plague situation where it was um, it was like youth and love running off away together to get away from the plague and the plague like falls behind them and like kills love and stuff like that and because he's a creepy stalker he's a creepy (laughs) stalker like kind of like the devil and hacks on is like (laughs) but instead death got this like fiddle it's going way too fast and you're like you're not even making music man what are you doing you that you know you know that's how he fucks right it's way too fast he's <laughs> not even making music not even making music Ew. and it's like <laughs> his like his wiener's like the the thing from from 7 where the guy like has to like have sex with this prostitute or this woman with this big knife like fucking thing and he's all like they made me do it they made me do it <laughs> he kind of he kind of liked it Oh God, I hate thinking yeah, about that. Mm. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> well, speaking of plagues, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Joining me as always is my co-host Heather Weber. Hello. And joining us from what looks like the fields of hell, it's Caitlin Weber. Yes. <laughs> it really does look like a hell. Oh nightmare. yeah. It's bad. Yeah. When when someone first showed me a picture of um san francisco i was like no fucking way that's got to be a filter but yeah i know the skies are orange we we went to work you know two days ago the skies were starting to be orange and oh my god it was a horrible heat wave but not anymore huh because there's no sun heat wave <laughs> this like, is the island in the oh, sun I ran into a friend of mine who's really into like conspiracy theories and like reptilians and stuff like that I ran out to her, ran ran into her out here, and she's all like, "Do you think that like somebody's trying to block out the sun?" And I was like, "No, I don't." <laughs> totally. <laughs> and yep. then she's like, "Did you hear about the protests about the reptilians and like child sex trafficking?" And I'm like, "No, no, I didn't." <laughs> you should have told her that Mr. Burns from The Simpsons was the one who's trying to block Simpsons out the Simpsons dead at Simpsons dead at Simpsons dead at <laughs> that's a good South Park reference so <laughs> so good yeah anyway so, uh, t- yeah yeah anyway um, today we'll be talking about something that has been on many people's minds as of lately and oh, I'm sure that it's been covered yep. I didn't think about I'm that I'm sure it's been covered by yeah I mean like you know we'll get to it but like it's something that's probably been covered by many podcasts and television special specials since the COVID pandemic started. And, you know, I'm, of course, talking about the bubonic plague. Woo! Yes. I mean, those bubonics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we've, you know, we've all seen, like, people dressed up as plague doctors and, and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And I don't know, when we think about, like, the scare of an epidemic or pandemic, I think that's always the one that first comes to mind just because of the absolutely 
you know, insanely high death tolls. Yes. Yes. Gosh, what was it like at one time? It was like one in three people were yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to some of the numbers, but yeah, I mean, Crazy. like, you know, famous, famously, they say one third or more of European of Europe's population was just decimated, you know, yes. so, I, but, you I, know, I, we'll, get, we'll get to how there is a quite a discrepancy, but it's it was high nonetheless, and not just in Europe, too. I mean, it was parts of Asia, um, you know, Russia, it was just basically mm-hmm. along that, you know, that whole stretch up into China, basically. Trade route, huh? Like Silk Road or something? Yeah, actually, we'll get to how that plays a role. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we might be beating a plague-infested dead horse with this episode, (laughs) but I I hope that one thing that we'll be doing um, that's a little different is how we're going to use a lot of primary sources in this account. You know, we're going to, like, talk about three different plague uh, um, outbreaks, but I hope the primary sources will really kind of put people into into the atmosphere of the time and just really illustrate how terrible, like, a real bad plague really is. Yeah. Yes. And I bet it smelled awful. Woo! Yeah. The, the, three, the three stories we'll be hearing are from people who actually, like, survived, witnessed, and just everything they saw around them. Totally. Um, you know, they'll be describing Yikes. it. So yeah. It's, and it's, it is very brutal and terrifying uh, to, to think about. I used to really think rats were really cute when I was younger. And then I started learning about things like the plague and, like, how they are when they're starving or how they are on battlefields and it's just like more and more as I get older I'm like rats are fucking disgusting and I totally understand their Aww. symbolism of they are caring cute, things though. I know they they can be really 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 cute when they're pets yeah well sure. you know it's funny because they think like the bubonic plague that hit Europe they think it actually came from a type of marmot that was on oh. like the 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 Eurasian steppes. What's a marmot um, again? Is that like a? Mink? It's sort of like a it's sort of like a weasel. Oh, um, yeah. I, I'm okay. pretty sure, yeah. So, but it's kind of like that that family of like rodents, you know, or like rodent like creatures. That sounds because you know because here in Colorado the groundhogs sometimes um, they have do. Play. Mm-hmm. My friend that was a is, was a veter- veterinarian told me about that. Was the first to tell me about that. Oh man, marmot sounds like something Heather would have called somebody when she was young, like when she was mad at them. <laughs> you stinky marmot. Mongo rivet. You mongo <laughs> rivet. <laughs> so, um, you know, plagues and pestilence were not a new thing before the bubonic plague. Oh. Um, you know, if you look back in history, you have like gods of pestilence and the kind of community's fears of them wreaking havoc on the population. That had been written about going back to, like, 2000 B.C. Um, We see references in both Egyptian texts and in the ancient Babylonian Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm. In China as well, going back to the 13th century B.C., questions of whether a disease or pestilence would run through the population were often written as questions on oracle bones, which we talked about in our Human Sacrifices episode. Yes, we did. Go back to that one for more information on that. <laughs> I sound, sound very businesslike there. Go back <laughs> on, on that. <laughs> and if you uh, turn to page 37 in your textbook. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But, you know, like. Can I use the, the bathroom? <laughs> no. You Do you cannot. have a hall pass? Do you have a yes. hall pass? You just use the bathroom. So, you know, like with these ancient 
um, references. We, we don't know if this is like bubonic plague or some other disease. It's just mm-hmm. we'll, we'll never really know what it is. But we can be assured that you definitely see a rise in these sort of like epidemics um, as cities and populations rose. So this kind of makes the possibility of disease and outbreaks become even more prevalent as you cram people together in smaller spaces. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So then they have this happen. They have to figure out they have to figure out and deal with different manifestations of these infectious diseases and bacteria. That sort of is like it's like basically like these like cesspool petri dishes some cities become because they're just so Absolutely. dirty and like so many people get crammed into these spaces. While that's fascinating, you know, we're talking about the bubonic plague today. So we'll kind of I'm going to kind of give some information, just a little background on some stuff. And then yeah. we'll get into these three stories. <laughs> So, um, are you guys ready for fun? Yes. I'm ready. Sounds very slimy and sticky of a time. A wet time. Leaking orifices. Yes. Yes. This is going to be a wet episode, It's going to get gross. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I just think of like, I'm just like, what popped in my head is thinking of Shakespearean times, like that term, break a leg. You know, because, you know, like in the in the old theaters, like people would no holds bar fucking disgusting peasants where they were like spitting everywhere. Like, and they're just like spit flying and then like through their like, like teeth holes and stuff because, you know, they ain't got no teeth left. And like you're there just sweating everywhere and shit and the floor is all fucking soaking wet from them. Like, of course, there's no way to like contain fucking disease this way. (laughs) Somebody in the front row like gets like a a loogie in their mouth. Like, I caught one. (laughs) (laughs) That's gross. Yes. So I was uh, we were. Not not to get off another tangent, but um, like <laughs> M showing me the show called Fringe. Um, it's sort of like a knockoff X Files show, I guess you could kind of consider. Cool. It okay. Anyway, so this guy gets this this disease, and his skin becomes translucent, so you can like see all his organs, and he's like turning slimy and that's gross. That's fucking rad. <laughs> so they're yeah, like showing cool. this close up of that, like as the g- goes to commercial, and then it's like a Heinz ketchup commercial. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Mm. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you know what that guy needed some Heinz ketchup oh my god just like eat his liquefied fucking organs like a spider or something Ooh, that's good yeah all right well, so let's get into it um, <laughs> okay <laughs> so the bubonic plague also known as the great mortality big death and the black death uh swept through western europe during the mid 14th century oh that's a big death it, Oh, yeah. It was a big old thick-ass death. You know, however, it would crop up every, like, you know, almost 15 to 20 years, uh, but it never really would have the same devastating number of deaths because so many people died, Mm -hmm. you know. So we, of course, know that it killed millions of people, and if anyone remembers their history classes, and some estimate it being from anywhere from around 30 to 60% of the population of Europe and parts of Asia. So it's quite a discrepancy, but like still it's anywhere from a third to more than half of a of populations, you know, that's insane. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. One of us talking would be dead right now. That's very true. Or two. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like bec- because it crops up every so often, this, 
keeps population levels relatively low. And we wouldn't see this sort of meteoric rising again until the Industrial Revolution of the 18th and 19th centuries. So, like, for a while, you know, it was kind of, you know, it did just quite this dip. And then it just kind of stayed just with, like, a very gradual rise up until, you know, progresses in medicine and stuff. A cleansing. Yeah. A purge. I, I, I feel like I heard that there were, like, um what was it like advances in um, society and agriculture and general mm. kind of like a better kind of situation because there were less people to keep track of because of so many deaths. But yeah, well, I mean like, you know, and then, so now you have a lot of occupations open, that's you know, people it. Employment, like, yeah. yes. so, okay. so there is a rise for some people you know, of, of like their class status, because now there's all these positions and like other things that need to be filled. So like somebody who is just maybe like some sort of low peasant might get a job as a farmer now because yeah. some farmers died. Get so, up you out know, of that like, shit. You got a promotion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And some people, you know, obviously real estate opens up. So more people are able to mm-hmm. get like into houses and things like that. So like Kind of a good situation for people who survive, but of course you lost almost everybody in your community. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of want a house if I make it. I'm just saying, I'll roll the dice. Was was that Bill Burr where he's like, why don't we ever just let a disease just like, just run its course? Sounds He would say that, so yeah, Mm -hmm. probably. (laughs) So bubonic comes from the Greek word bubon, which is like swelling of the lip nodes. Or it's more of groin groin swelling because a Bubo is like groin. Woohoo! Um, That's fun. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's not the good kind <laughs> yeah. of swelling either, everybody. Yeah, it's it's not the sexy <laughs> swelling. <laughs> so it was not always apparent in all the infected, but parts of them would it, you know internally swell and sometimes actually burst. Ugh. And yeah, so it was generally a painful a painful swelling of the lymph nodes armpit neck and groin you know kind of the glands in there and it was often accompanied by high fever headaches bleeding below the skin vomiting delirium and a loss of motor control that's fucking rough yeah and there are types of of uh a plague Uh, i think it's like the because the bacteria is known as your sin pesti i think is what it's called i Mm. probably fucked that up a little bit but anyway so there's like three different kinds of it though Wow. So, you know, you have like septicemic, mm-hmm. which is the infection of the blood system, which is generally 100 percent fatal, often within hours. Mm. And then another form is the pneumonic plague, which affects the lungs. And, you know, it's, it's transmitted from human to human. And that was also generally 100 percent fatal within two to three days. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. all bacterial. Yeah, it's, it's a bacteria. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard. So it's actually, yeah, it's a bacteria, like we said, that that kind of like shows up with rodents and fleas uh, yes. get on the rodents. And so fleas become the carriers. transmit. Yeah, the, the transmitters. Yeah, yeah the carriers. Because um, those fuckers can jump high. Yeah. And then, you know, back in the day, you just kind of like <laughs> fleas, you know, especially on ships, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we knew how that shit, shit went in Florida with all the fleas. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any yeah. hearts, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't have a heart. I was like, "What?" Oh, flea medication. Oh, yeah, hearts—that stuff you squirt on your animal. 
Pet oh, owners, no. you know, you know. That stuff's stinky. I remember that. Ugh. It's dangerous, too, but that's for another time. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> yes. Pesticides. So the common theory was that the plague came from the Mongols and trading with Europeans, or basically that it originated from that Eurasian steppe. So as the story goes, it is believed that a Mongol ship uh, landed at the international port in Kaffa, which is on the Crimean Peninsula. And it sort of like was known as like a port city, the entrance to Europe um, in a way. Uh, so rats, which carried the fleas that helped transmit the disease, had gotten onto the ships which landed. And some of the Mongolian crew were already infected by the time it arrived. Okay, so a little history. The Mongolians had taken the port as part of their empire from the Genoese, uh, who are a northern Italian group who had established a colony there in the 13th century as an agreement with the Mongols and the Khan, because the Khan had a really huge empire. I mean, like, it, it just, it was spanned from China into Russia and parts of the Middle East. I mean, it's oh, probably shit. one of the largest, um, le- like, continuous land empire. You know, like, wow. it's just it, all together. So, yeah, it's really crazy. So, but after, like, decades of disagreements and tense relations, this led to the Mongols laying siege to the port city to take it back. Um, and this happened a couple times with them. But yeah. uh, so the, de- the disease was already present among the Mongols and they had begun dying as the siege wore on. And, you know, they eventually repelled the Mongols because they were so weakened and the Genoese were able to save their port, but not after some devastation. Um, there were accounts of the Mongols catapulting their infected dead into the city over the walls <laughs> as a kind of like medieval biochemical warfare that is so goofy i forgot about that that's That's metal man oh my god they're just flopping around and somebody just like raining corpses dude yeah i mean like right they just fucking like probably like explode or something just shit yeah so people so people get infected in the city obviously yeah um so after the mongols retreated it's believed that a ship sailing from kaffa landed in sicily and these two, you know, Kaffa and, and that port in Sicily would kind of yeah. become the entryways for the bubonic plague to enter Europe. Right. Um, but more than likely, there were other avenues in which it happened because, you know, you did have like the Silk Road and you had other trading ports and routes. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were probably several different entry points into Europe right. than just that. But that's sort of like what we that's sort of like what's considered the um, sort of the ignition point for, for wow. the explosion of the disease I'd say. In, in Europe anyway. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I just, it's so, it's like not fun. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's just imagine I'm like catapulting <laughs> bodies into the, into it's the absurd. Walls. Fucking brutal. Dude, they, they were brutal, man. They, I mean like, yeah, they could be super brutal. It's just, um, you know? who, who was it? It was Genghis Khan was the big one. Yeah. Genghis Khan. Yeah. And who was the one in Mulan that was that the same character? No. So those are the Huns. The Huns. So yeah, not to be, con- not to be confused. We just had a debate about this the other Oopsie day. So not to be confused with the <laughs> Sorry. Huns. Sorry. I'm the so Huns are an, eth- the Huns are an ethnic people in China who kind of like, um, took over and became like a big part of the population. Mm-hmm. So the Huns are a steppe people of Eurasia who were like raiders and, you know, um, kind of similar to the Mongols in a lot of ways. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. So di- different things. Yeah. So in Mulan, <laughs> the Huns are that steppe people. Okay. Well, yeah. I just want to talk about this meme I saw recently about the fires <laughs> happening here. 
And um, I know this is a little off subject, but you know the part in the movie where um, the the Hun guy, the main one, I forget, the, the, the villain, do you remember his name, Chris? I don't know. Okay, so anyway, he he like he shows up, and then the guards all like, and then they're on the, the the Great Wall and stuff, and and then he lights the fire to let them know that he's here, and he's like, now all of China knows you're here, and then the meme yeah. was, now all of California knows it's a boy. <laughs> 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 fucking assholes. <laughs> Why couldn't they just uh, make a fucking cake like everyone else? Nope. You know. It's gotta yeah, be. Know, it's, it's gonna be awesome, you know. It's my baby, my baby. He's gonna be my fucking. Better than he's others. gonna be so rock and roll. Yeah. So extra. So extra already. <laughs> he's gonna be an action star, right, like, honey? Yeah, I, that's fucking right. Yeah. I was like, they should. <laughs> yeah, name him, they yeah should, babe. They should name him Prometheus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So when the plague became very serious in Europe, um, the basic thinking at the time was that it was a punishment from God. You know, of course, of course, you you, you would think. But there were also explanations on how the disease was transmitted. So no one argued Mm. that it was from God, but there are different, you know, theories on how how it came to infect people. Okay. so some believed that a series of earthquakes and volcanic eruptions had opened up these kind of like miasmas in the earth which allowed for the release of toxic gases. And then these were carried to the populations on the winds. So sort of like these plague winds that would sweep over towns. Wow. Yeah. So there there was also (laughs) the belief that at the time of these ecological disasters, a mass migration of people and rodents brought the disease with them. So like that's actually like possibly another true thing. Another way it could have happened was, you know, because you did have, famines and stuff which we'll talk about in a minute but like you did have this mass migration of people basically like ecological refugees or or climate refugees we might say that makes sense yep so it's not you know just just these cities get bigger and blah 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 yeah Mm -hmm. running for the hills so to speak yep Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so another idea was that black cats who in some places were seen as personifications of the devil you know they were seen as a cause and this led to the killing of many cats which, of course, leads to an increase of rats. Yep. And an increase in the disease. That's right. I forgot about that fact. Poor babies. <laughs> yeah. So, and another explanation that was put forward by the Pope, who was writing to the Faculty of Medicine in Paris, um, he wrote that it had an astrological cause um, due to planets being out of alignment um, that, that were influencing the Earth. Hmm. Excuse me. So the idea was that there was like three planets that were out of sync or had like these negative effects and on each other. And that this was influencing the earth and like causing this disease somehow. <clears throat> well, you know. I mean, that's I mean, there's still people that attribute certain things to, to planetary alignment. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, it's it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to justify that with like disease and stuff. But Yes, you know. I agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, medieval reasoning can't really, yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. So, of course, the Jews were also blamed. What? Mm. What? Never heard that one. It was said that they poisoned wells. That not only poisoned uh. wells, but, like, infected these, like, water, you know, Oh, re- my retention. God. Yep. Oh, my so, God. These poor Jewish people are probably like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Dude, well, and that, exactly, because <laughs> it's fucked up, because they were still dying of the plague, too. Yes. Um, I mean... 
you know, because of like the religious tenets and like, you know, observations of it, you know, they are generally cleaner and they live more apart, but they still weren't exempt from it. They were still dying, too. So it was just sort of like, you know, insult to injury kind and of maybe thing. they didn't have matzo ball soup yet to help them. You know, mom yeah. always says Jewish penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish penicillin. Oh, God. <laughs> but that's, that's crazy. Fucking yep, wow. Yeah. But not not surprising, you know, anti-Semitism in the Middle Ages was, you know, a huge fucking problem. Do you think they so. blamed, like, like gypsy gypsy people as well, like Romy people? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Um, they. I mean, sure, like, all those sort of, like, you know, you know, like, fringe groups, uh, as we would have thought, you know, yeah. like, you know, like, the steppe people and other kind of nomadic people. I'm sure that they were just as, like, got, you know, the blame crazy just, just as much as the jews because the jews were also kind of a migratory people because of all the persecutions and and you know bigotry so you know that would kind of fit you know with that idea that like nomadic people might be transmitting the, these diseases as they're going from town to town wow. which is like probably not true you know of course. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it gets in and then it's just then it wreaks havoc you know yeah so the plague struck the islamic world as well but they did not support the idea of a contagion um, because that kind of gives the plague agency beyond the will of God. Um, because if you got the plague, it was because God wanted you to die and have the plague. <laughs> well, see you later. Bye. Bye, yeah. Carol. That's <laughs> <laughs> what God wanted, man. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> 1315 to 1322, there was a great famine. Um, Europe suffered from crop failures brought on by a deterioration of the climate. So this corresponded with a warming period in the climate, but this kind of gives way to a little ice age after, uh, where it got much colder and there were longer winters and shorter summers. So famine wasn't uncommon, but not year after year like this. Um, And this led to a mortality rate in the plague, you know, it's such a high mortality rate in the plague because it was already weakened by the famine. Yeah, that's that's not, that's a terrible uh, combination of situation. Yeah, yeah, it's like people are starving, no food, then it just like plague hits, you know. It's <laughs> how, just like people are getting... Uh, wow. How nuts. long did that go on for? Would that have been some people's whole lifetime? Yeah, I mean, like what, it went on 17 years? Or, wow. yeah, like 17 years, yeah. That's crazy. Or no, sorry, seven, seven years, seven years. Oh, seven oh. years, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, 1315 to 1322. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. if you make it to like 14, that's that's average. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we were talking earlier about how the, you know, because of the high mortality rate, um, it kind of led to a better, like, status of life for some people. Um, yeah. The, pl- the plague essentially put an end to serfdom, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it meant a, dim- a diminished labor force let the workers have more opportunity opportunities and leverage. Wow. Um, and, you know, as I said before, it also freed up a lot of real estate. So right. it really gave people that jump of, like, class status. Yeah. You know, it also kind of made them not so much indentured servants as you were under serfdom. Yeah, there's no one to employ them. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, I can go to somebody else. You know, it just, yeah, it's just <laughs> totally kind of. There's plenty of work. Um, did statistically, did the poor die more, I'm sure? Um. Yeah, yeah, probably because, like, they couldn't, you know, they don't have, they can't get away and stuff. But, I mean, it, it was non-discriminatory, you know. Yeah, I mean, of course. All kinds of people died. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, if you were rich and stuff, you had a better chance of, like... Closing yourself sequest- off and not being exposed. Yeah and, yeah, and not, like, starving and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, this, the plague of really affects the church, you know, and this is, I mean, leading up to the Reformation. So when priests died, it was because they were sinful. Um, yep, so that really course. kind of turned public image on the church. You know, I mean, this is all, again, going to fuel the Reformation, uh, the turn right. from Catholicism in the, in the Protestant movement. You know, and sometimes priests would turn down last rites uh, so they wouldn't, you know, contract the disease. And this, again, wow. starts turning the people against, you know, the Catholic Church. Aye. Lords or aristocrats would leave and take their families to be isolated. Um, and they sometimes would take a priest. And if he joined, this really pissed off the community and really turned them against the church. Well, they can't do anything right. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's just like he's just trying, trying to save your own ass, man. You're supposed to be, you know, like charity and, and you know, like mm-hmm. and, and healing the sick. And Yeah. You know. But you also don't want to, like, have all your softy bits, like, exploding. I mean, I don't blame them. No. I don't blame them. But it was just this This all just becomes Kindle for the fire that'll lead to the, yeah. the Protestant movement. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, what were some ways that you could be helpful to your community in these times? Um, a willingness to handle corpses could be profitable as well as, you know, as look good mm-hmm. if you survived. <laughs> that's, that's a kicker, huh? <laughs> yep. Um, and priests would enlist lay people, sometimes women, to give the last sacraments <laughs> instead of them. Enlist, so, enlist what people? Lay people? What's yeah, that? lay people, like just regular people. Oh. Yeah, because you know you have to go through education and stuff. You have to you have to do all these things to become a priest or or nun. Uh, so a lay person is just somebody who hasn't gone through that conventional oh, training. Oh, and they're just like, you're hired, we need anybody kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, so this this leads into, like, really leads into the Protestant Reformation where, like, l- regular people start reading the Bible for themselves, you know, start, like, doing things for themselves instead of having to wait um, or, like, rely on priests and the Catholic Church. Uh, yeah, so, like, you, you just kind of see how all this leads to, to that, you know, that movement. Oh, yeah, and probably dismantling, you know, the society at hand and, like, rules and stuff because they're probably freaking out and it's a free-for-all, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the sanctity of, like, death and burial, it really changes, you know, like, generally where you would have a priest and, like, all your family, maybe, I mean, if you're lucky, you have all your family around, you know, a funeral. Now, I mean, it's just now mass graves and piles of bodies. You know, like everywhere. I mean, like there's there's no dignity in faith, you know, for burials and stuff like that. Right. So it's just like it really kind of changes that. So uh, Bohemia, which is modern day Czech Republic, which is kind of interesting. They're either partially or totally spared. Um, but why is of some debate? Yeah. Towns and stuff that just never, you know, like people are dying all around them, but they never get touched kind of thing. Whoa, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Something might be climate, it might just be the immunity, um, maybe lack of rats, but none of these are like completely satisfactory. Yeah. What seems more plausible is there was a lack of chronicles in these areas that could be used to kind of influence the ideas of them being spared. So, you know, they might have been infected, but just didn't have records. Uh, yeah, that seems to be the most likely explanation because it seems like this thing spared no one. But there are records of, like, certain places being untouched, you know, which is just, it's a, it's interesting. We just don't know why. I mean, they probably know. had a lot of, like, you know, very close, like, uh, breeding of humans, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. they did share a lot of immunities in yeah, certain yeah. places. Because I know that even the Brits, the Brits had, had that. And, like, I watched a special once that the 
the bacteria is very similar to HIV, but but in bacteria form, not viral form. So like there are people that are immune to HIV and their their genes go back to their family that was immune to the bubonic plague. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely some people might have had immunities, you know, which probably kept, you know, some of the population from, mm-hmm. you know, from catching and dying. So. I guess in kind of closing, the effect of the plague becomes influential on the arts as well. We become more obsessed with death, death imagery, no! things like the Grim Reaper, Hell the Dance yeah. Macabre, yeah. Uh, Tresse, yeah, Tresse tombs, Ooh. which it was common to create effigies on top of the tombs, you know, kind of like a depiction of a person in their lifetime. I think we've all seen the pictures of that, right, where it looks like somebody's like, you know, Basically, an effigy of them on top of their grave. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, that's it's awesome. supposed to make them look peaceful or dignified. Yeah. You know, they or used to make them out of and... wax. They're all kinds of crazy yeah. things like yeah. that. Likenesses are beautiful. Yep. Yeah. And so we have old, you know, older pieces of literature like, um, you know, the Decameron and uh, I think it's Plague Diaries. Um, oh. And then, of course, we ever have the ever popular image of the plague doctors. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just it really yeah, it really badass. changes our look on art. Yeah, I always thought um, images of like death where it's not just bones, but it's where it's like the mummified skin on the bones. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I saw recently this documentary about the photographer Sally Mann, who did like a, a series of photos where she took pictures at like body farms where they study how bodies decompose and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah. And like straight up, I hadn't seen images of how the human body does decompose aside from like mummification. But I was like, Oh my God, that looks just like a depiction of death, like wreaking havoc and like partying on top of all these dead people. And then, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the medieval ages, I was like, Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. you before. What's up, man. <laughs> yeah i mean dude people have just seen seen that shit all around them you know during that oh, time yeah and like a lot of a memento mori imagery that people would carry around like um that were carved like carved out of ivory or bone it would be like mm-hmm. a skull with like snakes coming out of the eyeball and like rats there and like everything that's present that you would see feasting upon all of these bodies and stuff mm-hmm. like that representing that decomposition so yeah People must have seen that shit all the time. Who was the guy? Who was the guy you talked about in your um, in your thesis? Um, uh, yeah, Zombo, Gaetano, Gaetano Julia Zombo. Yeah, he did. Hit, most of his plague stuff was the plague of Athens, which we'll talk about. But but yeah, and also southern Italy, um, mm-hmm. which was like I think it was like a hundred years prior or something like that. Oh man, and like Syracuse, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, we'll get into it, but Italy yeah. is, you know, Italy's where it first hit really hard. Italy oh, was rough. like where it got, yeah. And, mm. then, and then it just, then oh, it just no. moves up. Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet the ball. <laughs> it's like a ravioli. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> Not to be a matter with you. That's not funny. There's a lot, a lot of Mamma Mia's being being said. (laughs) Yes, we deserve them too. (laughs) Mamma Mia, goodness. So, uh, you guys ready to get into the three stories? Yes. 
so um, I kind of picked these three. Um, there were we you know we could have talked about the the several plagues that happened in Rome and could be said kind of led to the fall of the West, Western Roman Empire. Yes. But I didn't pick those, and we're going to start with one that isn't technically uh, the bubonic plague. We don't know what it is, what it was, but right. I feel like the descriptions and some of the symptoms are are interesting. You know, like you could correlate them and kind of sounds like the plague. All right. But we don't know what it was. So mm-hmm, this is the plague, mm-hmm. of, plague of Athens. Oh, wow. So in 430 BC, a great epidemic ran through the Greek city of Athens during the second year of the Peloponnesian War, which was Athens and her allies against Sparta and their allies. Oh, that's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the epidemic also popped up in other cities around the Mediterranean um, because Athens was also had a port uh, Mm -hmm. for ships um, and it hit hard for about four years. It was said that by the end of the epidemic, more than a third of the population of Athens was killed. And that was during this war. So it actually led to them, uh, you know, their ultimate defeat in the Peloponnesian Wars. Wow. So Just forfeiting, uh, the, I'm sure. No, they, they tried to fight more. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't give up easy. Of course. Um, yeah. So uh, Thucydides, he writes about this in his work, uh, The History of the Peloponnesian Wars. And like I said, we don't really know what the epidemic was. Um, some people think it was uh, uh, an outbreak of Ebola, uh, the measles, typhus, smallpox, glanders, typhoid, um, and a few other things. So, we, you know, again, it's sort of a mystery. But, but uh, I'll turn it over to Heather and we'll let Thucydides kind of tell what he saw. That year, then, is admitted to have been otherwise unprecedentedly free from sickness. And such few cases as occurred all determined in this. As a rule, however, there was no ostensible cause, but people in good health were all of a sudden attacked by violent heats in the head and redness and inflammation in the eyes, the inward parts, such as the throat or tongue, becoming bloody and emitting an unnatural and fetid breath. These symptoms were followed by sneezing and hoarseness, after which the pain soon reached the chest and produced a hard cough. When it fixed in the stomach, it upset it, and discharges of bile of every kind named by physicians ensued, accompanied by very great distress. In most cases, also, an ineffectual retching followed, producing violent spasms, which in some cases ceased soon after, and others much later. Externally, the body was not very hot to the touch, nor pale in its appearance but reddish, livid, and breaking out into small pustules and ulcers. But internally it burned so that the patient could not bear to have on him clothing or linen, even of the very lightest description, or indeed to be otherwise than stark naked. What they would have liked best would have been to throw themselves into cold water, as indeed was done by some of the neglected sick, who plunged into the rain tanks in their agonies of unquenchable thirst, though it made no difference whether they drank little or much. Besides this, the miserable feeling of not being able to sleep or rest never ceased to torment them. The body, meanwhile, did not waste away so long as the distemper was at its height, but held out to a marvel against its ravages, so that when they succumbed, as in most cases, on the seventh or eighth day to the internal inflammation, they had still some strength in them, 
But if they passed this stage, and the disease descended further into the bowels, inducing a violent ulceration there accompanied by severe diarrhea, this brought on a weakness which was generally fatal. For the disorder first settled in the head, ran its course from thence through the whole body, and, even where it did not prove mortal, still left its mark on the extremities. For it settled in the privy parts, the fingers and the toes, and many escaped with the loss of these, some, too, with that of their eyes. Others again were seized with an entire loss of memory on their first recovery, and did not know either themselves or their friends. An aggravation of the existing calamity was the influx from the country into the city, and this was especially felt by the new arrivals. As there were no houses to receive them, they had to be lodged at the hot season of the year in stifling cabins, where the mortality raged without restraint. The bodies of dying men lay one upon another, and half-dead creatures reeled about the streets and gathered round all the fountains in their longing for water. The sacred places also in which they had quartered themselves were full of corpses of persons that had died there, just as they were. For as the disaster passed all bounds, men, not knowing what was to become of them, became utterly careless of everything, whether sacred or profane. All the burial rites before in use were entirely upset, and they buried the bodies as best they could, many from want of the proper appliances, though so many of their friends having died already, had recourse to the most shameless sepulchres. Sometimes getting the start of those who had raised a pile, they threw their own dead body upon the stranger's pyre and ignited it. Sometimes they tossed the corpse, which they were carrying on top of another that was burning, and so went off. Thucydides. So, a couple interesting things there. <laughs> so people are they're so hot inside right they feel so hot that they start you know they tear off their clothes and they jump throw themselves into the drinking water of the city and you know and he yes, also says i noticed you know, that they, too yeah and <laughs> mm-hmm. they're unquenchable unquenchable quest for to you know relieve their you know their thirst they're all drinking you know dunking their heads and, and drinking out of these out of man the water, i saw like a rainbow contaminating the city water oh, yeah yeah Right. And, you know, so it's like people are just like a family's trying to have a funeral for like their dead friend or family member. Yeah. And somebody, you know, they're about to light their pyre, their funeral pyre. And people just like run up and throw their own bodies, their own family members' bodies on top because they're just like, there's so many bodies. Yeah. You know, you just don't like, what else can we do? <laughs> the whole time we were listening to this, I was like, let the bodies at the floor. That old classic. I know. <laughs> so one in- interesting point that Thucydides is going to bring up in this next ep- excerpt is the devil-may-care attitude that people begin to exhibit uh, when their communities begin to crumble around them and their neighbors mm-hmm. and friends begin to die. Uh, they, they, they just basically go fucking crazy. Um, yeah. And not in, in sort of like in a, well, you could take it, Heather. Okay. Nor was this the only form of lawless extravagance which owed its origin to the plague. Men now coolly ventured on what they had formerly done in a corner, and not just as they pleased, seeing the rapid transitions produced by persons in prosperity suddenly dying, and those who before had nothing succeeding to their property. So they resolved to spend quickly and enjoy themselves, 
regarding their lives and riches as alike things of the day. Perseverance in what men called honor was popular with none. It was so uncertain whether they would be spared to attain the object, but it was settled that the present enjoyment, and all that contributed to it, was both honorable and useful. Fear of gods or law of man, there was none to restrain them. As for the first, they judged it to be just the same whether they worshipped them or not, as they saw all alike perishing. And for the last, no one expected to live to be brought to trial for his offenses, but each felt that a far severer sentence had already been passed upon them and hung ever over their heads. And before this fell, it was only reasonable to enjoy life a little. Thucydides. Yeah, they just start, they just go nuts. They're just like spending yeah. all their money. They're like fuck it, whatever. Drinking, I really quit. Yeah. understand. <laughs> committing rape and murder. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's anarchy. I was gonna say I really understand the um, kind of prevalence and importance Memento Mori figures really must have started to become in this time. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Just yeah. reminding you and stuff like that. And oh my god, I was just thinking about like psychopaths thriving in this, like. Oh, like I, oh, I'm thinking yeah. things, you guys, that even to you and to to I are unspeakable of what people <laughs> could be doing with sure, these bodies, I mean, you know, if they don't well, care. Like, well, it's not, it's, not even what, it's not even what they're doing with the bodies. It's just what they're right. doing, you to know, each other. just out, out. Yeah. Out of the community. You know, it's just like people are dying and it's like, OK, well, you know, no one's going to stop me. Um, You know, maybe. You know, this person what? doesn't have their, doesn't have a dad or a husband anymore, and I can take advantage wow. of that, or you know, what it's just a scary like, time to be a lady yeah. or a child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you can just or imagine like the invalid the or things. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ay ay ay, man. So that was yep. So uh, wearing <laughs> masks sucks, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's Don't the worst. Fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah seriously. Really. We're not waiting around in human bile and blood and shit and eyeballs and like afraid yeah. someone might, you know, jump out and rape us with something. Christ. Corpses yeah. raining from or the that sky. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was the uh, Plague of Athens. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's it's pretty intense. I mean, well, in, like a, a all, all of these are going to be pretty intense. And, and in my thesis, one of the one of the things I did my thesis on wax anatomical figures and one of the first things that he did zombo that made him famous was a depiction of the plague of athens i believe somewhere around that time i'm horrible it's been so long it's just like it's been a while anyway so i remember before i had to do research and look at these like tetrini these little figures Mm -hmm. i couldn't eat anything because (laughs) i would be reading about all of the just like bloody pustules and like just like yeah. uh, some of the words that they use like a festering and blooming sores and like <laughs> rot and stuff yeah. like that and it's just oh that's just so fucking gnarly mm. so yeah, many colors you know, we're talking like pink green blue purple gray all of the colors of the flesh can turn. Play me lucky it's, charms. Exactly. <laughs> no, I remember. That's I remember looking up his his work after. <laughs> I, I remember you looking up his work after you told me about him, and it's like because it's wax, it looks like slimy. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gives it like that. It gives it that gooey, wet, wet. Yeah, it gives it that sheen. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. They're intense. They're they're really cool. There was even one where and he it, didn't spare the details to like a dog that was his intestines were out and he was rotting as well, and like it was just. So I guess I'm up next one. Yeah. You guys ready for you guys ready for another stomachs okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I yes. wish I had a smoothie right now. <laughs> or a nice plate of lasagna. Mm. Oh, mm. <laughs> this is the Plague of Justinian. So in 541 CE, what we know of today as the bubonic plague, this is like the first official outbreak of the of the bubonic plague that we know of. Okay. Uh, so it shows up in Constantinople. Uh, during the reign of Emperor Justinian I. So the bubonic plague, known as uh, Yersinia pesti, which is that bacteria, mm-hmm. uh, it claimed around 25 to 50 million lives in just a year or two. Holy fuck. So uh, Procopius, uh, he writes about the symptoms in his work, Histories of the Wars. They saw a vision in a dream and seemed to suffer the very same thing at the hands of the creature who stood over them or else to hear a voice foretelling to them that they were written down in the number of those who were to die. But with the majority, it came about that they were seized by the disease without becoming aware of what was coming, either through a waking vision or a dream. And they were taken in the following manner. They had a sudden fever, some when just roused from sleep, others while walking about, and others while otherwise engaged, without any regard to what they were doing and the body showed no change from its previous color, nor was it hot as might be expected when attacked by a fever, nor indeed did any inflammation set in. But the fever was such a languid sort from its commencement and up till evening, that neither to the sick themselves nor to a physician who touched them would afford any suspicion of danger. It was natural, therefore, that not one of those who had contracted the disease expected to die from it, But on the same day in some cases, and others on the following day, and in the rest not many days later, a bubonic swelling developed, and this took place not only in the particular part of the body which is called the bubon, that is, below the abdomen, but also inside the armpit, and in some cases also behind the ears, and at different points, on the thighs. Up to this point, then, everything went in about the same way with all who had taken the disease. But from then on, very marked differences developed. And I am unable to say whether the cause of this diversity of symptoms was to be found in the difference in bodies, or in the fact that it followed the wish of him who brought the disease into the world. For there ensued with some deep coma, with others a violent delirium, and in either case they suffered the characteristic symptoms of the disease. For those who were under the spell of the coma forgot all those who were familiar to them and seemed to lie sleeping constantly. And if anyone cared for them, they would eat without waking, but some were also neglected, and these would die directly through lack of sustenance. But those who were seized with delirium suffered from insomnia and were victims of a distorted imagination for they suspected that men were coming upon them to destroy them, and they would become excited and rush off in flight, crying out at the top of their voices. And those who were attending them were in a state of constant exhaustion and had a most difficult time of it throughout. 
For this reason, everybody pitied them no less than the sufferers, not because they were threatened by the pestilence in going near it, for neither physicians nor other persons were found to contract this malady through contact with the sick or with the dead. For many who were constantly engaged either in burying or attending those in no way connected with them held out in the performance of this service beyond all expectation, while with many others the disease came on without warning, and they died straight away. But they pitied them because of the great hardships which they were undergoing. For when the patients fell from their beds and lay rolling upon the floor, they kept putting them back in place, and when they were struggling to rush headlong out of their houses, they would force them back by shoving and pulling against them. And when water chanced to be near, they wished to fall into it, not so much because of a desire for drink, for the most of them rushed into the sea, but the cause was to be found chiefly in the diseased states of their minds. They had also great difficulty in the matter of eating, for they could not easily take food, and many perished through lack of any man to care for them, for they were either overcome by hunger or threw themselves down from a height. And in those cases, where neither coma nor delirium came on, the bubonic swelling became mortified, and the sufferer, no longer able to endure the pain, died. And no one would suppose that in all cases the same thing would have been true. But since they were not at all in their senses, some were quite unable to feel the pain, for owing to the troubled condition of their minds, they lost all sense of feeling. Porcopius. That one's really intense because it's, you know, you're you're talking about like people actually like actively killing themselves, you know. Yeah. Really, it's it's you know, just because of the disease, just being so, so delirious awful. and stuff. Yeah. Well, another interesting thing that he does is he really um, he brings up the caretakers, you know. Yeah. Like, and he really kind of said, you know, just how they are suffering just as much as the sufferers in these cases because you know nobody else really wants to deal with them, and, and you they're know, helpless. And, and this, yeah, and their mental and physical state are, are such that it's it's just you know a tremendously difficult job. So it's yeah. like it's that he's like almost showing an appreciation for caretakers and stuff, you know. Yes. Which is just, just kind of an interesting interesting thing to add. It is back then, especially. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, and like people throwing themselves into the sea. Yeah. Quench their <laughs> thirst, you know. <laughs> were <laughs> they like... mostly? Were, do you think that they were people that were ill strucken or just couldn't take it anymore? Uh, who threw themselves into the sea, or yeah. Um, well, he said it was. Uh, it's kind of like what happened with um, the plague of and A- plague of Athens, where people were started throwing themselves into the water, the city's water um, mm-hmm. containers, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, so they're they're down. just running into the sea, trying to quench their thirst. Uh, yeah. Or you know, like not be so hot. Um, yeah. Which is you know, they're just fucking chugging salt water. If that's the case, <laughs> you know. And so it's just like it's just the worst thing you could do. Yeah, they're just going even <laughs> crazier. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in that one, you really can picture, like, I mean, you, just imagine yourself, like, you're you're in, you know, your city, and there's kind of, like, this a- anarchy and chaos going around. Yeah. I mean, you have people, like, just running into the streets, wildly screaming, maybe people jumping off of buildings. Um, Be so you know, scary. Just like, yeah, I mean, just, like, kind of imagining that happening all around you. Uh-huh. You know, bo- bodies maybe just laying somewhere, maybe uh. people just making a pile of bodies. Um, yeah, I know. was. I I guess I've never really heard the um, the 
account from, from their yeah the account of their point of view and like observing them because usually it's just like they're already dead by the time you hear about it or you're reading mm. about it yeah. you know yeah or they're I mean, dying and it's just like you know someone's trying to take care of them and they can't move but wow. yeah i mean like I, th- I think it's like really trying to you know really take in what they're saying and try to place yourself there and i think that is yeah it's it's frightening i mean you know it's i, I just you know, which, yeah, which i'm hoping really. this episode will be a little different from other um plague you know things people might have been listening to or watching um because you know the, these are really like first-hand accounts of like, yeah. what yes. people saw happening around them and Ugh. it's you know it's just it's very yeah it's Fucking nuts. terrible yeah yeah, so I guess Ooh. we'll we'll do our last one then. Okay. <laughs> Bummer City. Yeah. So it's fun. you know it. It's so fun. This is the beginning of what we all, you know, the middle age black death. Thing. Right. You know, this this is the mm-hmm. first instance of that. So this is the plague of Italy. Okay. So the Black Death came to Italy in thirteen forty eight and lasted twelve years more or less. It was hit hard, and it is said that roughly fifty percent of people died. Jesus. So to give you an in- yeah, wow. so to give you to give you like kind of a uh, an instance, oh, the city God. of Florence had around three hundred thousand people in thirteen thirty eight, but by fourteen twenty seven, the population had dwindled to one hundred four thousand. Woo! So more than half Jesus. of everybody just died. Yeah, quite um, a bit more than yeah. half. Or it, or in Bologna. There were 50,000 in 1300, but only 50 years later, there were 20,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Here is Boccaccio. Um, he, he's famously the, the right author of the Decameron. So here are some of his accounts. It was the common practice of most of the neighbors, moved no less by fear of contamination by the putrefying bodies than by charity towards the deceased, to drag the corpses out of the houses with their own hands, aided, perhaps, by a porter, if a porter was to be had, and to lay them in front of the doors, where anyone who made the round might have seen, especially in the morning, more of them than he could count. Afterwards, they would have beers brought up or in default, planks, whereupon they laid them. Nor was it only twice, only that one and the same beer carried two or three corpses at once, but quite a considerable number of such cases occurred. One beer sufficing for husband and wife, two or three brothers, father and son, and so forth. And sometimes without number it happened that as two priests bearing the cross were on their way to perform the last office for someone, three or four beers were brought up by the porters in rear of them, so that whereas the priests supposed that they had but one corpse to bury, they discovered that there were six or eight sometimes more. Nor, for all their number, were their obsequies honored by either tears or lights or crowds of mourners. Rather, it was come to this, that a dead man was then of no more account than a dead goat would be today. Boccaccio. That one is, is really illustrates how, like, that, that switch, you know, where it's yeah. like, okay, so we, you know, we used to be able to have these burials, you know, these be die with dignity and you know we used to be able to show our our you know respects i mean now a, a, a body of a family member is just like like you said it's it's no it's like more a than piece a piece of trash goat. 
Like, yeah, throw it out. I mean, Get yeah. out of here. And yeah, and you think, you know, like we've always put so much emphasis on the dead and, and you know, the, the bodies of the dead. And it's just like yeah. you they don't have that luxury. And you're no. and then you become quickly conditioned to not I mean, just to become almost desensitized to right. the, the death around you and all the bodies. I too mean, much of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and just like, you know, and, and then like, you know, you have the porters following the priests because they know, okay, well, the priest is probably going to have more bodies on his hand than yeah. just one person who wants their last rites, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one is really just like, you like, imagine yourself walking the streets again, and they are just like carts of bodies, you know, uh. and like, and priests just going from one place to another being followed by a cart of bodies. Bring to, out to your pick dead. up more Yeah, right. It's exactly <laughs> Bring out your dead. Yeah, it's um it's it's yeah. It's it's fucking crazy. Yeah, and I mean I'm sure that that lived on so well and so long, you know, through spoken word because of how absolutely unimaginably terrifying yeah. it was. Incredibly jarring. Yeah, yes. like well, like we said, how how it later goes to influence, you know, not only visual art, but yeah, I mean, literature as well. You know, it's sobering as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while all things, you know, while things often seem bad in this, you know, epidemic that we're in, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, it's very small comparatively. Um, and we jokingly throw around the word apocalypse a lot. You know, you, you, yeah. you know, I think everybody's seen that. Um, know that this is not the first epidemic we've ever been through and probably won't be the last, but we get through them better than we used to. You know, mm -hmm. we should all feel so lucky to be living in our times, you know, with our progress as a medicine Mm -hmm. and overall accessibility to some form of medical treatment. I mean, you know, that's arguable, but I mean, like you can go to the ER. Right. Yes. And the ability to, to understand the disease, you know, over time and be able to study it. Yeah. And also, even if you are dying, usually you're not dying in that much pain. Yeah, like, certainly not. Certainly not in the streets. And if you're like, lucky with your family trying to no. desperately. Ugh. We have yeah, we have hospice and things to make it more comfortable and 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 stuff like that. So that's, yeah, and that's and not saying that tremendous people... even even when. Yeah, and not saying that, I mean, this is really the Western world, but, you know, it's, like, not saying that people don't die horrible, lonely deaths. That's like, true, from sickness yeah. or illness, but, it, like, it's yes. definitely not on the scale that it was, you know, no. during during these no. plagues. And, you know, I hope this episode illustrates how bad an ep- epidemic can truly get. And, again, while some bitch and make a scene about not having to wear your masks or yeah. I can't go to my favorite bar or restaurant or, you know, I have, like, I have to social distance. Um I don't know, just think of how truly horrifying these scenes from the past are. And, you know, it might make you feel a little bit better about our current situation. Yeah. Um, you know, n- not not trying to play down, you know, people who have uh, suffered a loss from, from it. But, um, I mean, again, uh, scale. Well, also, you know, that's why we have preventative measures, because we understand, you know, the, the spread of the disease better. And, you know, we're able to prevent, like, a lot of... A, a lot of the devastation it could cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's really within us as as communities and and you know a population to to try to keep that from happening. You know, yeah. Which is what fucking to have all these fucking assholes just like it's not real, blah blah. blah and it's like you know whatever. Oh, man. It just. But yeah, it's just like, I, dude, 
you don't know. You don't know for sure. So, like, why, like, are you that much of a dickhead that you're going to risk, like, you know, other people around you? Yeah. On, behalf just... of, on behalf of everybody here, uh, fuck you if you don't wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's go not, fuck yourself. It's not. Uh, nobody likes it. Yeah, nobody no likes, likes it. it. No. It's not it's fun. Not the, and I'm in, we're, I'm in California for fuck's sake. It's hot. <laughs> I have to, I'm, yeah, I like, have to be in a studio all day. It's so hot. Yeah, but I work in a whatever, fucking warehouse man. and have to wear it. And, you know, it's exactly. Like, you know, you know, sucks. exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like, I love when we're in public. Uh, James is always like when their people are wearing their mask like down or off or I something. Like, hey, your mask fell off. It fell off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's not how you wear that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, it's I mean, I guess that's all I got intense. for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's cool. I I really enjoyed this one. I mean it's it's absolutely brutal, but mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, man. It's timely for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's you know I it just like we we always can't we can't act like it's never not gonna happen. Yeah. It's just yeah. I mean just we always have to try to prepare ourselves with some contingency plan or something. Yes. You know, it's like. I don't know. It just, uh, it seems like everybody's just like so surprised that it was going to happen, you know, that, oh, that been, it's happening. They've been warning us yeah. for years. There have been, yeah, there have been people saying it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's yeah. just, it's a matter of when. Yeah. And like, I, I, I don't want to get political about this, but just it, the importance of showing that you care about other people is tremendous. And I think that that's the biggest symbol that we're experiencing right now is the vast amount of people that don't care they don't care yeah. They're, they'd rather be more comfortable than yeah, you, you, protect, you make, protect others yeah you make a really good point you know it's it's that empathy and caring for your fellow like countrymen or you're just your fellow like humanity um yes. you know especially with a country like you know like here in america like caring shows that y- a unity you know it shares like a hey yes. like despite our differences yeah. i care about your well-being because you're a fellow yes. american but these fucking people who don't care that just helps to like widen that divide of we are not you we are not unified um at Ax- all. absolutely and they they don't understand what it takes to be in a society and there is give and take and all kinds of things like that sure. and it's yeah. just... well on the flip side of that i mean how can you care about something which is not real i mean if they, if they don't believe them, it's real then yeah yeah exactly yeah it's how... hard to it's, can't argue with them <laughs> in their mind you know, they... it's you know, I yeah, it's fantasy, the, you know, um, yeah, but yeah, which is a whole nother like, conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, yeah, this <laughs> is like tell God that to anybody who's who's gotten it or who lost a family member, yeah, yeah I know a couple people that have gotten it, so yeah. it's real, you, you do, yeah, yeah. Um, Kale's cousin Paige got it, she can't taste or smell, um. Yeah, and I can't remember. It was another like kind of acquaintance, far off. I just heard about someone who had to fly to Colombia because their fucking dad died of it. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah. A- Emily's uh, cousin, I think, just just got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's like it's like her like favorite. I think it's her cousin, one older cousin. Yeah. Um, but it's like one yeah. one of her few family members that she like. Really like, loves, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, at this she, point, yeah. it's acquaintances or you know people that aren't very close, but it the circle will close sure, if we're not yeah. more careful. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's it. Um, 
I guess we'll do social media. It's kind of a bummer episode. We're not, you know, yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, be careful, everybody <laughs> out there. That's, yeah, we're not trying to get awful. preachy. <laughs> no. Nah, just, nah. you know, taking care of yourself is important. Yeah. Gotta, gotta take care. You gotta love yourself. That's right. You gotta love yourself. If you can't that's love right. yourself, how around. the hell are you gonna love anybody else? Can just I get an exactly. amen? Yeah. RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> Sashay away. <laughs> Uh, I love it. That's that's a great one. So anyway, uh, (laughs) socials, you can find us on Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Pod, um, on Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod. And you can also find all our episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, Good Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to pods. You You can can find find me. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Nope, nope. You can find me, Heather. Me first. Me first. <laughs> I'm, I'm the fa- oldest. <laughs> I'm the oldest. <laughs> on Facebook, Heather Thomas. On Instagram, h.n.thomas. On Twitter, at Heather W. Thomas. And my narrations can be found on Creepy, Tales to Terrify, and Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook just by searching Christopher Weber. And you can find me on Instagram uh, at Frothy Star Dog. That's generally where I post all my good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all them good goods. All that good good. All right, everybody, yep. take care. Yeah, we'll be yes. back with another episode. So we'll uh, see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>